Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered in multiple ways. Alrighty, folks, today is a big, ginormous Thursday, because y'all know what today is, correct? I don't think I'm uh, saying anything that we all don't know already, right? The NFL Draft kicking off tonight, folks. Round one, first round picks. Who's going to be drafted, folks? Which which player is your team going to get to solve all of their problems, folks? Who are you going to get tonight? I don't think anybody knows, folks. Nobody knows. This may be the craziest NFL draft. Potentially, I think it has that potential to be the craziest, wildest, most unpredictable NFL draft in NFL history, folks. And like all great sports talk shows, folks, we have done no due diligence. But I think we're changing that today, folks. Get excited. We are going draft crazy, folks. We are having 10-minute auditions for these quarterbacks. We are going to focus on the quarterbacks here. And I know the quarterbacks aren't the talk of this year's draft. And that's a little bit why we're going to kind of get down to the bottom of it. We know some teams are going to be drafting quarterbacks this draft. I mean, we've got the... Panthers, I don't, they don't even know what the hell they're doing. We hear, oh, we're keeping Sam Darnold, and then, then they have to retract it four minutes later, and then it's, hey, uh, we're going to get a uh, quarterback. We don't want Baker Mayfield, though, so we're going in the draft. So the Panthers don't even know what they want. Go out and get Baker Mayfield. A lot of people are predicting potentially Baker Mayfield and Debo Samuel get dealt in this year's draft, but I'm not seeing it because nobody wants to trade up. So if nobody's going to trade up, who's trading these players. So everyone's speculating Debo Samuel, Baker Mayfield get dealt tonight, but I just don't see it. This is not a good draft class. As in, hey, there, you need to go out and get this player. Like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, people were waiting for this man for three years just to go out and get him. There is no player in this year's draft like that. So who's trading up? So I really don't agree with the Baker Mayfield, Debo Samuel, but it's going to be interesting because once again, who knows what's going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen, but once again, who the heck knows folks nobody knows this year just nobody knows and I think that may be the most fun part of this year's draft so we're going draft heavy today last day let's go out with the bang with it so 10 minute auditions for these quarterbacks you got it or you don't you're popping up the screen or you're not the stats speak for themselves or they don't 10 minutes we will be setting timers if you don't make that impression in 10 minutes eh, eh. No, you're not getting drafted. I will call the teams be like, they did not pass that 10-minute test. Do not draft them. And every single NFL team will listen to us, folks. We kind of know what we're talking about over here, okay? Big things coming on the show. Well, not on the show, but over here, okay? Um, so stay tuned to that at our Twitter. Just posted a video yesterday with a little hint of what's to come, potentially. So, folks, the, the general managers, the teams are going to be listening to us. So, if you're not showing out in your 10-minute audition, meh, 
eh, maybe don't show up to draft night because you're going to be sitting there a long, long time. Yes? So today on the show, we are going to run through the uh, NBA. Two teams closed out last night. Do we really need to spend that much time on them? One game we have to spend a little bit of time on, but the Bulls, we can not even talk about it. Bulls lost. Of course they lost, of course. But I have to get this dig in, so we will talk about that game. But we'll quickly break down the two games last night. Hey, hey, it's a it's a wild Thursday because we had the NFL draft. But folks, folks, it's another three-gamer today. Three NBA playoff games on tonight. Whoa, whoa, potentially maybe the last time this happens all year long on draft night. There's just too much going on tonight, folks. And I... I Somebody said this, and I was kind of like walking around, all, not all day, for a few, uh, kind of a few minutes. I won't over-exaggerate and say a few hours, but I heard somewhere that the Celtics-Bucks series was starting tonight, and I was, I had like a 30-minute period of me kind of like, holy cow, there's Celtics-Bucks on tonight, game one, more playoff basketball on, and the draft. I was like, how am I going to get through the night? I mean, I, I I would need to go out and buy more screens. I don't know if I'd have enough screens to fill all this. But then I checked, and it's like, no, 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 they're not starting tonight. So I don't know where I said, uh, where I saw that or who said that, but you got me for about 20 minutes, so congratulations. But let's start the show, shall we? So uh, let's start here in the NBA, and then we will go into our 10-minute fast-track quarterback auditions. We will look at stats, film, and all that. And if you got it, you got it. And we'll see it, folks. We know how to gauge talent, yes? Yes. So let's start here in the NBA, and then we will transition to the NFL. So here we go. Two games on in the NBA last night. The first game, the most predictable game. Ball Bulls at the Bucks game five last night, and in no surprise fashion, the Bucks ex- absolutely blow out the Bulls. They cover the 12 and a half, 12, whatever you locked it in at, and they win by 16, 116, 100, and win the series 4-1 by winning last night. Now, for the Bucks, Giannis always classically doing his thing. 33 points, 9 rebounds, shooting 73%. The man cannot be stopped last night, folks. Bobby Porter still doing his thing at the 3. And once again, no Chris Middleton potentially for this Boston series. So we called that, I think, on the 24th. Hey... Hey, we're choosing the Celtics to win the whole thing. Chris Middleton will not be there for the Bucs-Celtics series, and that's definitely going to hurt this Bucs team. Now, this Bucks team can still win because we're getting great production by Bobby Portis. 14 points, 17 boards at the three, two of seven from the three, shot 46% on 13 shots. We get Brooke Lopez, 12 points, five rebounds. So Al Horford, Robert Williams, Daniel Tice are really going to have their hands full with all the beef that the Bucks are going to be playing. I mean, we're having Bobby Portis, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez all out on the floor at the same time. A lot of beef to handle, but the Celtics can handle that beef defensively. Shout out to Emo Duka. He will scheme to get it done, folks. He will see how he can stop this Bucks team from being offensively gifted. If you lock up Giannis, everything else should fall. So, once again, we are calling the Celtics. Celtics winning it all. Winning the series and the NBA Finals. We officially changed our prediction one round into the playoffs. So, no Chris Middleton. Bobby Porter is still filling in. That's what we all need to know. 
Then we had Drew Holiday at the one, 10 points, 9 assists, classic. Off the bench, Grayson Allis still giving us great production, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 3 of 6 from the 3. And then Pat Connaughton, 20 points on 6 of 9 from the 3. That is absolutely huge if we can start getting this level of production by Pat Connaughton. He's been okay all, all year long, but yeah, 20 points, yeah, we'll definitely take that. Second leading score for the squad, yeah. So, Bucks dominate like expected. And then for the Bulls last night, oh man, oh man, they didn't have um, Zach Levine, and they also didn't have Alex Caruso. So, of course, of course, this team was absolutely going to shit the bed last night, and that's exactly what they did. This game was not competitive. It was a Bucks blowout from start to finish, and uh, this is a little bit of a good blowout. I mean, they, the Bulls only lost by 16 points. I think that's a little respectable, only losing by 16 when you only have really DeMar DeRozan out there, and he didn't even play good. The man put up 11 points and 7 assists. Uh, that's not going to get it done. So DeMar DeRozan playing the two, only 11 points last night. We had Ayo in the starting lineup, eight points, one assist on 27% shooting. I really was looking forward to Kobe White in the starting lineup. Kobe White coming off the bench, 17 points, four assists, played more minutes, better production overall. I mean, why is that man not outstarted? I never got it, folks. We hated Alex Crusoe coming back in the starting lineup. It did not move the needle. So, nothing really great. We had Patrick Williams. He was the leading scorer last night, 23 points. And then Vucevic, 19 points, 6 assists, 16 rebounds, but just not enough to get it done. So, Bulls doing classic Bulls things here and getting blown out by the Bucks. But, but, shout out to the Bulls for at least winning a game. We cannot officially say the name because we officially said no more talking about this team for the rest of, uh, well, we said for the, at least the next two months. But, at least the Bulls won a game, yeah. Yes, and didn't it get swept? Yes. Only one team got swept in the first round. Yes, y'all know the team we're talking about, folks. Don't play dumb. Y'all know who we're talking about. Bulls are better than that team. Yes. More credit to the Bulls than that team. At least they won a game. Yeah, yeah. All right. Bucks get the win 116-100. to 100. And close out the series, and we'll be waiting for the Celtics Bucks. And when does this series start? Because I am chomping at the bit to watch this series, folks. This is going to be maybe one of the best series in NFL uh, and NBA history. And there's been a lot of great playoff series, like finals. Like this may be better than the finals, folks. So gear up for this. Uh, so when do we get this series tipping off? Because I cannot wait, folks. Um, Sunday, Sunday, May 1st, 1 o'clock, tip Bucks at the Celtics, because y'all know the Bucks ran from the Nets. How stupid was that, right? But we'll talk about that series a little bit more uh, once we get a little bit closer to that. Going to be great. Cannot wait. Sunday, folks. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. All right, then we get the last game on last night. Nuggets at the Warriors. Do or die game for the Nuggets, and they played like it was do or die. This was a really great performance by the Nuggets overall. Uh, they were competitive. They had leads late in the second half. It was close. They were never really getting blown out, and they really kept everything in check. Really a great performance, and I don't hear a lot of people. A lot of people were chirping about Jokic's performance early on in this series, saying, hey, you know, this is why he doesn't deserve the MVP. 
MVP and, you know, oh, you know, your MVP is going to get swept and all that. But he's had a really great game. What game did they win? Game three? He had a really good game three and he had a really good game five out here tonight, folks. But before we get into the, uh, yeah, let's start here with the Nuggets. Who cares? Uh, Jokic, 30 points, eight assists, 19 boards, shooting 66% last night. Amazing play by Jokic. Huge clutch buckets to take the lead. Um, expand the lead. What was there? I think their biggest lead was only about eight. Is this correct? What do we get? Uh, 10. All right. They had the biggest lead. The biggest lead was 10 for Denver. Warriors only led by seven at the most. And uh, they were never covering because the Warriors were minus eight and a half last night. And I took it. Dang, dang, dang. We were never in the green in this game. How truly unfortunate. Um, so yeah, Jokic had a great night and nobody's given this man any credit. Everybody is still on that narrative and this is why we have to say things out loud. This is why, why I like to do the show every single day because people are still rolling with that narrative of Jokic kind of getting swept in the first round, not performing well in the first round because the narrative... Oh, um, at the first two games of the series were so anti-Jokic. I don't know if people have re-updated their thinking on Jokic in this series. So, Jokic, a magnificent game last night. Yes, he's MVP. Yes. I mean, I don't know if this is a debate anymore, folks, okay? First of all, it's only regular season awards, so we shouldn't even be having this conversation. But y'all like to have the conversation, so here we are having the conversation. Jokic was good, very, very good in this playoff series, but it was against the Warriors, and he has no help. Let's all take it easy on Jokic, please. Jokic, magnificent last night. And then, just like that, nobody else can help him out. Aaron Gordon back to his non-20-point games, 15 points, 0-4 from the three. Yikes, I mean, you gotta be on your three bullshit if you're facing the Warriors. I mean, the Nuggets shot 6 of 29 from three. 20% from three, folks. Do you think that's good? Of course not. The Warriors shot 13 of 31, 41%. Do you see the difference between 41% and 20%? Yes, it's a big old difference. So nobody can hit the three on this Nuggets team. Another reason why, you know, I don't think we should be harping this much on Jokic losing 4-1 in a playoff series. I don't know if that really means that much, folks. So, Aaron Gordon can't do anything great. Uh, second leading score was DeMarcus Cousins coming off the bench. 19 points, 4 rebounds, real solid. Bones Highland, 4 points on 0 of 6 from the field. Only got to the line 4 times. Bones Highland, you let us down when this game was close. A must-win game. Bones Highland, come on. I know you're young, so we'll give you a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But, man... Uh, Man, uh, 0 of 6, 0 of 5 from the 3. Come on, we needed you last night. Bryn Forbes only played 11 minutes. He scored no points either on two shots. Bryn, Bryn, I've gone to bat for you time and time again. Is this what you do to me in a must-win game when it was close? Joking, doing it all. You can't give that extra oomph last night. Damn you, Bryn. Bryn Forbes, Bones Highland, letting us down last night. Aaron Gordon has never lived up to anything at all this season. And Joe Kick has truly tried his best to carry this team. And this is as far as he could carry him. A 4-1 loss in the first round. Womp, womp. All right, but then we get the Warriors last night, folks, and a little bit of an anecdote. I don't know if y'all care, but I'm going to say it here. So, I saw it yesterday. NBA Fantasy Lab say, hey, 
said, uh, NBA Fantasy Labs tweeted out, hey, Steph Curry's back in the starting lineup. So that's all they said. They didn't say Steph Curry was going to be in the starting lineup. Jordan Poole's coming down to the bench. So when I saw that, I was like, whoa, Steph Curry in the starting lineup with Jordan Poole, with Klay Thompson. I was kind of running the lineups in my head. I was like, well, that would only work if Steph Curry's the one, Jordan Poole's the two, Klay Thompson's the three, Andrew Wiggins the four, and Dray Draymond Green's the five. And I was thinking about that lineup before this game. I was like, wow, I think I love that. I think I really really want to see that because Kevon Looney's been giving us nothing all season long. Andrew Wiggins going down to, the, down to the four could really help out because, you know, when you got Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole and Steph Curry, we don't need Andrew Wiggins to be kind of like a main priority score. So he could focus a little bit more defensively, a little bit more reboundedly. And then you get Draymond Green, who doesn't put up any points. Yeah, put him at the five. I mean, you know, we know bigs can score and there are dominant scoring offensive bigs here. But once again, Draymond Green, all you have to do is be the beef, be the defense. And that's exactly what we saw last night. And it was absolutely really, really good. I really loved this lineup. And then this is what the exact lineup was. So once again, I don't know. Did y'all call this lineup? Is this impressive? Probably not. But I am going to say it on the record here. I called this lineup perfectly. And it played out really, really well. Steph Curry at the 130 points. The man went manic in the second half just toying with the Nuggets, and can I bring up this one play real quick, it was kind of like the game ceiling play, and it was just like, like, what can you do, like, there's nothing that you can do at this point, let me see, here it is, 29 seconds left, 30 seconds left, let me get the scene here, 30 seconds left, Warriors up only three points, one possession game, Warriors with the ball up 97-94, 33 seconds left so Steph Curry, just look at this man, just look at this man has the ball at the top corner of the three-point line. He's going to face screen number one with Draymond Green. Now, look at this. We get a wide-open Warriors player at the top of the key that Steph Curry can just drop off the ball to. Drop off the ball and get a good quality look at three. But Steph Curry doesn't take that. He keeps going around the world, driving baseline, and then finally gets the scoop layup because the space finally opens up because of Steph Curry's great athleticism, speed, because of the great three-point shooters that you have to respect on the three-point line, it's just Steph Curry going to the bucket to ice the game. This made it a two-possession, five-point lead with 30 seconds left. The game is over at this point. So it was just a really great play by Steph Curry right there. And that's why this Warriors team is so, gosh, dang, dangerous. Because they can score so many ways and everybody is so, like, unselfish. And they know how to get the best shot. And that's exactly what Steph Curry did passes up a three-point shot that you know probably could have been hit to you know make it a six-point game but hey you know just let me go to the bucket I'm gonna run all around all these people because they can't keep up and just finger roll at the bucket for the win for the series win and moves on to the next round. So Steph Curry went absolutely manic in the second half 30 points five assists five rebounds shot five of 11 from the three we had Jordan Poole last night, not the best game, and he's kind of struggled the last two games. Uh, but we're not—I'm not really kind of freaking out about it. Jordan Poole last night, only eight points, four assists. We had Draymond Green at the five, eleven points, six assists, two rebounds. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins at the four, twelve points, five rebounds, two assists. Yeah, and then Clay Thompson, a little off last night, only one of six from the three for fifteen points, nine rebounds, four steals. Though we'll take that defensive effort. So all that—it was a little lackluster, but but I love 
the scheme. I love the idea of this being the starting five. And if Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson were just a little bit more on, like they usually are, this is more than a six, uh, four point win last night. This is a big 10 plus point win. So I'm loving this new Warriors lineup. I think they're going to keep this rocking moving forward in the next round and just playing uh, Kevon Looney off the bench. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. Kevon Looney off the bench, 4.7 rebounds. A plus one on the floor, positive production. Yeah, any way we can get it, absolutely. And let's also not forget about Gary Payton, the second last night. 15 points, two steals, three assists, three rebounds. Hit a big shot as well in the second half uh, to tie the game. I think it was a big three to tie the game. So just everybody coming up in the clutch last night by the Warriors. And that's another reason why they're so dangerous. This Warriors team at home, folks, it's almost unmatched in the NBA. So Warriors close out the Nuggets last night, winning 102 to 98. Shout out to Steve Kerr for this genius lineup. I love it. Uh, shout out to Steph Curry back in the starting lineup. You know, this is what we said after game four that they lost. We're like, hey, hey. Get Steph Curry back in the starting lineup. Let's stop dicking around here. Let's stop playing around here a little bit, yes? Let's get Steph Curry back in the lineup. And that's, uh, the, that's the solution that they had. Not bringing down Jordan Poole, keeping Jordan Poole in the lineup, and moving down Kevon Looney. So, Warriors, I think I love it, folks. Watch out. Watch out. Warriors get the win. Move on to the next round, winning 102-98 last night. And Joe Kick and the Nuggets are gone fishing. All right, that is all the NBA from last night, but, but we got a three-gamer on tonight, folks. It's going to be absolutely fantastic while we're all watching the draft. Little draft in the background, little uh, playoff basketball in the forefront because these are some good games, folks. It's not like we can just only focus on the draft tonight. We have to be watching this NBA playoff basketball because, folks, folks, the 76ers play tonight, and if they, oh my, if this team collapses, if this team collapses like they have a real great shot at doing, this is going to make the offseason in the NBA so fun, folks, because everybody's already calling out Doc Rivers, which, hey, we love. We tried to preach it a little bit earlier in the season. Hey, hey, this man is holding this team back. This The 76ers bench has gave us nothing, has gave us nothing all year long. But what do we get from the Celtics bench? Peyton mother-loving Pritchard, folks, putting up like 10 points every time he comes off the bench. That is coaching. That is how you do it, Doc Rivers. You cannot coach at all. We've got players here, and they've done absolutely nothing all season long and now in the playoffs as well with a banged up Joel Embiid so you need more offensive producers to make up for Joel Embiid being a little banged up a little lackluster and once again Doc Rivers cannot get that out of non-superstars and that's exactly what bench players are non-superstar role players that's why they come off the bench Doc Rivers doesn't know how to coach them how to get the best out of them for one game, for a series, for any amount of minutes, Doc Rivers is not a good coach in that aspect. 
Anybody could coach good with great players. Once again, y'all loved Adam Gase, the offensive guru. Once again, I can't live I can't let y'all live that down. There's some things that you just can't let people live down. And it's not, you know, we can't let you live it down because we want to knock you and, you know, say we're so much better than you. No, no, it's just hey, you know, sports takes they can they can go off the rails quick, folks. One thing leads to another. I've seen it. I get it. A la the Nets. You know, he who shall not be named on this show. It can get out of hand, but we have to remind y'all how out of hand it could get. This is why we still reference y'all calling Chris Middleton Batman. It was absurd. This is why we will still call out y'all taking the nets this season. Come next season, five years from now, we're going to be like, hey, y'all remember in 2021, 2022, the nets? Eh, So there's some narratives that we can just not let y'all forget, folks. We have to remind y'all, all right? It's nothing personal. It's just, hey, it's like a little bit of a holding up a mirror. He'd be like, hey, you know, y'all went down this path a little bit before. Yes, yes. Let's make sure. Let's make sure we're really feeling these thoughts and not just saying them. Yes. So some narratives we got to keep bringing up. But here we go. 76ers at the Raptors tonight, folks. Tonight. Let's see what we got. A must-win game for the uh, must-win game for the Raptors. Closeout game for the 76ers. Series up. 76ers 3-2 over the Raptors. Game six tonight in Toronto. Not great for this 76ers team on the road. But here we go. 76ers at the Raptors. 76ers minus one and a half. Raptors plus one and a half. Wow. Wow. Vegas giving no love to the 76ers. And I think I'm feeling the same way. But let's check the ins and outs. For the 76ers, Matisse Seibel can play. They're in Toronto. And then for the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet is a game time decision. Now, I think I don't even want Fred Van Vliet to play. And if he does play, I think I want him off the bench. I think I want Scotty Barnes in the starting lineup tonight. Don't let because Fred Van Vliet hasn't given us really anything good at all this series. And don't mess with the flow. This is working. They won the game where Fred Van Vliet left the game at halftime. They won the game where Fred Van Vliet did not play at all. Do not mess up the rhythm here. And I think Nick Nurse will do that. I think he will not mess up the rhythm here. So if Fred Van Vliet does play expect him to come off the bench I'll call it right now Nick Nurse is too smart to put that man back in the starting lineup I know you know hey we're getting a starter back you know all that but do not mess with the rhythm the chemistry what is working keep it with the hot hand I've got faith in Nick Nurse do not start Fred Van Vliet tonight at the one but I'm loving the Raptors here tonight, folks. Once again, this is just starting five versus starting five. That's all this series is. Uh, coaching goes to the Raptors. Better players go to the 76ers just because they have Joel Embiid. But overall, Joel Embiid is banged up. In this 76ers team, they cannot get any offensive production to overcome Joel Embiid struggling. Struggling. We'd have to have James Harden. Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey all going absolutely manic, and we haven't really seen that, folks. 
Once again, 76ers bench is nothing. It's literally nothing. You might as well just only play with five players. It's the same thing. So I'm taking the Raptors tonight. Plus a point and a half doesn't really matter. Take them on the money line. Uh, yeah, let's take them on the money line. Let's get a little bit better value tonight. Let's bump it up to minus 110 at plus one, uh, plus one and a half to on the money line at plus 105. I mean, the point and a half is really gonna not going to do us anything good, folks. It's really not. So let's get the better value and let's go all in. Raptors on the money line tonight. I saw Joel Embiid struggling. The man is grimacing every single time he touches the ball. Every time he goes to shoot a free throw. Every time he goes to grab a rebound. The man is wincing, folks. Can't bet on that. Raptors at home. Nick Nurse wanting to be the first coach to come back 0-3 down in a series in NBA history. Wants to clown Doc Rivers. And hey, I'd be all for that. Absolutely. I hope Doc Rivers loses this series and gets chased out of the league. He w there's really no coming back for this. There should be no coming back from, you know, falling or going up 3 nothing and then losing four straight. There really should be no coming back from that. So hopefully he gets ran out of the league because he's ruining this 76ers team. He's ruining it, folks. So, give me the Raptors on the money line. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alrighty, here we go. Game number two. Another big game here that I think we may potentially flip the other way on. But here it is. Suns at the Pelicans. Game six. Suns close out game. They're up 3-2. Pelicans must win and they're at home. Teams with a must win game at home tonight. Go out and get the job done. Raptors and Pelicans. The Jazz, they also are in the same boat, but the Jazz are trash. I'm not believing in the Jazz, folks. Y'all know that. Um, so, Back to Suns Pelicans. Let's see the ins and outs here. For the Suns, Devin Booker still a no-go, but but is kind of looking to be back. I really think he could have played today. Um, if the Suns were down 3-2 in this series and not up 3-2, I think Devin Booker would give it a go. But since they are a little bit in control, they have a little bit of a buffer game seven, if need be, back at home. I think they would pull out Devin Booker if they lose tonight. But start of next series. Devin Booker should be good to go. He's trending towards playing sooner rather than later, unlike Chris Middleton, who will not play, I don't think, at all in that Celtics series. So, Suns, usual suspects out, Dario Sherrick and Devin Booker. And then for the Pelicans, everybody's good to go. Now, the Pelicans, they were able to lock up Chris Paul for one game, struggled in the last game, but still kept it relatively close throughout the game. Pelicans here at home. Pelicans, I think they get it done. The defense rocking and roaring that home crowd. And once again, we're still getting nothing good from Cameron Johnson. The only reason why the Suns won game five was because Chris Paul and um, um, McCall Bridges. McCall Bridges went wild in that game. Chris Paul had a really good game. It wasn't Cameron Johnson. The man still put up lackluster numbers, folks. It's never going to be Cam Johnson. Cameron Payne had a solid night off the bench. Shout out to Cameron Payne. That's who should really be in the starting lineup. I'm really over Cameron Johnson, folks. I think he's so overhyped, overvalued. The man has let us down literally multiple. I, I don't know if I can even count how many times the man has let us down over the last two years. Like, all we have to have you do is step up. I mean, you only have to be like, 
When Devin Booker's there, you have to be like the sixth scoring option. And when Devin Booker's not there, you have to be like the fourth or fifth scoring option. Like it's so hard. Oh my goodness. And he still doesn't give us any production. It's a little absurd at this point. So I'm taking the Pelicans here. Pelicans at home. Suns on the road. Now there's no doubt that the Suns can win this game. They're well coached. They show that they can, you know, turn it on when they need to. But Pelicans at home, I'm rocking with these home teams here besides the next game we're talking about because that team is just so trash, y'all know. But, Cam, um, you know, Brandon Ingram, I mean, really coming into his own this year, folks. Truly being a true number one to carry a squad before McCollum got here. Once McCollum got here at the trade, still doing great things. 30-point nights almost every single game, no problem. Fantastic. CJ McCollum's always freaking fantastic. Knows how to be a one. Knows how to be a two with Damian Lillard. And then we get uh, Valanchunas, who's just absolutely playing out of his mind here. He is maybe playing his best stretch of basketball here in this series. And this is a tough ask. I mean, he's going against DeAndre, who's just so much more beefier and a little bit, uh, I don't want to say better, and I don't want to say more skilled, but overall a little bit more successful just because he's on the Suns. They got to the finals. Valanchunas never got to the finals. So a little bit more successful, DeAndre, and a little bit younger. But overall, I mean, Valanchunas, I mean, truly, just doing some dirty work out here and having some real good success. So I'm going to give the big three, the Pelicans, a chance here. And I'm taking the Pelicans plus two and a half in a must-win game at home. And then the last game on the night here. Let's see. Is this good value? It's solid. I think I like it. <clears throat> well, I know I like it. Uh, but here we go. Mavericks minus one. Jazz plus one. That's it, Vegas. Mavericks minus one. This is still disrespectful as heck. We know the Jazz are just absolutely absurdly bad. It is. Can we call it like it is, folks? Honestly, can we be a little real here? Can we be real here today right now for the next few seconds when we talk about this game? You know, there's a lot of phony baloney going on, and I get it. I understand the phony baloney. You want to talk some things up. I get it. All of that. I get it, folks. I truly do. But can we be real here, folks? Talk. Just talk here. Really? Real? real like, really real for a second? The Jazz are really bad, folks. Like, this is, like, so absurdly bad. Underperforming. No great, consistent role player help. Donovan Mitchell is, is trying to do it all himself. Rudy Gobert, one good game this series. That's it. Wants more respect. I mean, the defensive, y'all know how we feel about that. You know, him being in the defensive player of the year discussion every single year and can't guard the perimeter. It's the craziest thing. Can't guard the perimeter. The Mavericks. Mavericks live and die by the perimeter. Why is this Mavericks minus one? Like Vegas, what are we doing? Honestly, what, what, like what is going on over there in Vegas? I know y'all got the draft tonight. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? All the uh, all the odds makers are all just partying at the pre-draft party today. Everybody kind of phoned it in at work today over here at Vegas. That's what y'all did. That's what y'all doing right now. Partying. Oh, just set the line. Set the line at one. Who? I don't care. I'm getting drunk today, baby. It's draft day. You think I care about a, a, a stupid jazz game? This is like the one thing I don't care about. I'll probably turn off playoff basketball after the uh, after the Suns Pelicans game. I don't need to watch a 10 o'clock Mavericks stomp the Jazz on the road. Why do I care about that game? I don't care about that series. I care about the series because the Mavericks are good, but the Jazz are just so absurdly, utterly not good at all. At all. 
So can we stop it with the jazz? Plus one. Plus one won't help you, folks. Uh, let me let me spice it up, folks. I'm changing the line here. Uh, Mavericks minus one is too easy. Give me the most here. Mavericks minus six at plus 185. That's more my language. Yeah. Mavericks minus six. Stop it with the Mavs minus one. What is that? It's just absurd, folks. Mavericks beat the Jazz, folks. They always do. This is... It's 3-2 Mavericks on the series lead, folks. They close out tonight on the road. The Jazz, the last time that they were at home, they won by Rudy Gobert winning layup against nobody. Okay, real good, real good. And once again, only a one-point win. I'm over it, folks. I'm over the Jazz. I've been over the Jazz. Y'all know. So, done with the Jazz. Done with the Jazz. Mavericks minus six. The most we can bet it up to at plus 185. I'm loving that odds. And I know it's six points. Big old swallow. But I don't care, folks. It's the Jazz. They'll be fit. They won't get it done. We didn't even check the ins and outs in this game. <laughs> Do I care? Of course not. But let's just double check here. For the, uh, for the Mavericks, everybody's good to go, folks. So, okay. And then for the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. <sighs> Donovan Mitchell, game time decision. Jazz. Oh, honestly, Vegas, they must be taking the day off. That's the only sensical, reasonable. So, uh, it's the only reasonable thing, folks. It's the only reasonable way to look at this value right here. That the Vegas, they're like, hey, let's have an early day. Set the line at one. Who gives a damn? And let's move on. That's all they're thinking about. The draft, the draft, the draft. They don't care about the jazz. That's the most unexciting thing today in sports. With the with multiple game sixes in the NBA, with the draft. Who gives a dang about the garbage, useless, utterly abhor like it's appalling to watch some of their basketball, folks. All these collapses. Oh my god. It's just enough. It's enough. Mavericks minus six. We'll take that. Enough with the Jazz. So, tonight, we are taking the Raptors on the money line, baby. We're taking the Pelicans plus the two and a half points, and we're going Mavericks minus six tonight. Wow. Oh, wow. Loving it. Loving it. Loving it. All right, that is all the NBA we had to go over for today. So now let's shift gears to the NFL. Well, we're talking quarterbacks in this draft class. Rapid, impress me. Show me what you got. We got 10-minute auditions. Soon as we set the clock, 10 minutes. Show us what you got. Stats, bowl games, just video in general, highlights. Let me see. Do you got it or don't you got it? Because we already looked at one quarterback already that everybody's gushing over, Malik Willis. And we're like, that's this is it? This is the guy? This is the guy in this year's draft, Malik Willis? That's a, okay. I'm not liking it at all. I'm not liking it at all. But we know some teams are still in the quarterback market. The Panthers, the Lions, the Saints, potentially. There are some teams that are going to be looking for quarterbacks. The Panthers said no to Baker Mayfield and think anything in this draft class is better than Baker Mayfield. And I don't know if that's the case. That's what we're going to kind of look at, you know, here. Who's the best quarterback? Who should be the first quarterback taken? Maybe really the only quarterback taken in this year's draft class. And, you know, who's better than Baker Mayfield? Is there anybody better than Baker Mayfield in this draft class? So far, Malik Willis is not. I take Baker Mayfield over Malik Willis. Baker Mayfield's not great. He's not horrible. He's not trash. He's not bad. He's somewhere 
between okay and good. Okay and good. Not clutch, unfortunately. <clears throat> so, who's going to get traded today? Who's going to get drafted tonight? Nobody knows, folks. Nobody truly has their finger on the pulse. We don't have our finger on the pulse. I'll, I'll let you all know, know right now. I do not have my finger on the pulse here on the draft. We've got one draft prospect under our belt, and that's Malik Willis, and it was eh, eh. <clears throat> so... Let's get into this, folks. 10-minute quarterback auditions. We're going to PFF for their quarterback kind of rankings, their um, draft-eligible quarterback rankings. And then we're just going to go top-down from this list. We'll see how many we can do, folks. We could probably fit in about four, maybe five. Uh, so we'll just go down this list. See who they've got, what their name is, and then go from there. Looking at the stats, y'all know we put emphasis on bowl games, and I want to see their highlights. Are they, do they jump off the screen? Do they got it? And which quarterback is the best? So, before we start with our first one here, let's recap Malik Willis. He does not move the needle for us at all. First of all, he's only 6'1". And once again, we are paying really, really close attention to quarterback height this offseason, folks. So, it's unfortunate, but this rookie draft class is going to get scolded on their height. It's unfortunate, folks, but look at the quarterbacks in the NFL now. We need tall, big guys. That's what's winning currently. Kyler Murray, a little exposed. Russell Wilson, up for recertification. Smaller quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield's getting ran out of Cleveland. Nobody wants to give him a chance. Smaller quarterbacks. It may be done. Your time may be up. Obviously, always exceptions to the rule. Drew Brees, don't bring up Drew Brees to me. I get it, folks. Exceptions to the rule. Okay. Russell Wilson is still a little bit of an exception to the rule. He's great. He already achieved success, but now struggled a little bit and not solely his fault. We get it. It's a very, very light restriction on Russell Wilson right now, but that's it. Smaller quarterbacks, Malik Willis is 6'1". Not moving the needle for us. The arm, it was just mediocre, nothing great. The speed... Yeah, okay, solid speed. I don't know if it's going to transition well to the NFL. And then once again, his draft stock exploded at the NFL Combine and at his pro day. Once again, Zach Wilson had a ginormous throw that really kind of elevated him in his draft class. And what happened to Zach Wilson? Y'all are still gushing over one big throw against eight, uh, to uh, Corey Davis against the tight or um. Yeah, to Corey Davis against the Titans real early on that season. That was his big game. So, don't get uh, caught up on the big throw. The big throw. The big combine throw. That one game throw. Week three, four in the season. So, Malik Willis is really not moving the needle for us. I would not draft Malik Willis. No disrespect. But I would not see him as my quarterback of the future. So, Malik Willis, not moving the needle for us. But let's see who's going to be our first quarterback here on our 10-minute fast audition. So, here we go. We got 10 minutes on the clock, folks. And we are sticking strictly, strictly to these 10 minutes. After these 10, uh, 10 minutes are up, verdict. Then we move on to the next one. Yes? So, here we go. The first quarterback in our 10-minute quarterback rush audition here is Sam Howell. And the 10 minutes start right now. 
Here we go. Sam Howell, folks. A quarterback, only 6'1". Not getting off to a good start here. 6'1", from North Carolina. Now, that's a pretty good school. We'll give him that. It's more of a basketball school, but overall, still a good school. Sam Howell, let's go to the stats first. We got three seasons here at UNC, and he made the bowl game every single year. Fantastic. We gauge and judge bowl games very, very highly. You have a month to prepare, and it's the biggest game. It's basically your Super Bowl. Go out and win it. Can you win those big-time pressure games with all these uh, extra days and weeks to prepare? Are you putting in the work when they give you extra time to put in the work? That's why we gauge bowl games highly. So keep that in mind as we go over all these quarterbacks. So here we go. Sam Howell, freshman year. We got 61% completion percentage, 3,600 yards. Whoa, 38 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Holy moly. That's freshman year? Wow, I don't see a knock at all. Besides completion percentage, a little light, but it's freshman year, and he still slung the ball around. 3,600 yards, 38 touchdowns, 7 picks, and y'all want to get big on Malik Willis, folks? We were at one year on Sam Howell, and yeah, I take him over Malik Willis just on this stat, uh, this stat column alone. Wow, wow, where's Sam Howell in this draft, folks? I'm gushing already. I'm loving it. Here we go. Uh, let's go into the bowl game here in year one. 2019, year one, freshman year, great year statistically. That's a really good year. And in the bowl game, he gets to win. Oh, 73% completion percentage, 294 yards, three touchdowns, no picks against Temple. Yo, draft this man now. Draft Sam Howell now. I am loving it. We can stop the 10 minutes now. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Wow, where have y'all been hiding this dude? This dude, is he getting play, folks? Is he getting played in the national media draft uh, coverage? Because everyone's still over Malik Willis. Even PFF has Malik Willis more highly ranked over Sam Howell. That's disrespectful. The only thing going against Sam Howell right now is 6-1. Here we go. Did he get better? Another big thing we look at. Are you getting better every single year in college? Year two, did he take a jump? We got 68% completion percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, seven picks. Okay. Completion percentage went way up on about 80 less throws. So not great there. Still good. Yards came down on less throws. Touchdowns came down on less throws. Interceptions stayed the same on less throws. Alrighty, not the best jump I was looking for, but that completion percentage is truly jumping off the screen to me. Bowl game, year two. Ooh, no. Loss? Loss? 58% completion percentage to Texas A&M. Now, Texas A&M, they are historically a bigger name in college football than North Carolina. But... I don't think uh, this is still a good te Texas A&M team, so I don't know if that's a true excuse. But 58% completion percentage, 234 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Was that one pick? Was that really kind of the deciding factor? Uh, they lost by two possessions, 13. Texas A&M put up 24 points in the fourth quarter. Wow, 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 not good. All right, Sam. All right, kind of letting us down a little bit on year two. We were gushing over you, year, year, uh, you year one. You should have came out of uh, college after year one. Damn. All right, let's see. Final year in college, junior year, 2021. 62% completion percentage going back down. 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, nine picks. Same amount of throws that he threw in 2020 when he threw 68%. 
So, less completion percentage, less yards, less touchdowns, more picks. Sam! Oh, you're killing us, man! Oh, started so hot freshman year. Let us down these last two years. Here we go. Bowl game this year against South Carolina. That's your rival, North Carolina versus South Carolina on a neutral field and you lose? Oh, man, Sam! Darn you! 60% completion percentage, 205 yards, one touchdown, no pick. And you lose by 17, three possessions? Oh, Samuel Howell. Shame. Shame. All right, I think we're falling off of Sam Howell. Can't be having that. Can't be seeing you get worse every single year. Cannot. All right, but let's go to the film, folks. That's only half of it. The stats are only half of it. Let's go to Sam Howell highlights. Um, let's go to career. I want to go to career. I want to see if we can see some of these uh, 2020 highlights in this career highlight package. So here we go. Career highlight package. We got five minutes left on the clock here. You got five minutes, Sam Howell. You are fighting for your life here. Here we go. Deep throw. Let's count the yards. Throwing it from the opponent's 45-yard line. Getting it all the way back to the back of the end zone, folks. That's another 10 yards on 45 yards. That's 55 yards. And that's kind of clean. So the man's got an arm. Okay. All right. Winning us back a little bit. Big arm. Big cannon arm. Here he goes. Another one. 50 yards right at the 50 yard line getting it all the way down right at the goal line so that's 50 yards clean 50 55 <clears throat> here we go gonna throw from the opponent's 40 slinging it again and that's a, a tad underthrown tight window to throw it into all right against texas uh this is um florida state here all right what else we got sam howell Another 30-yard bomb. That's a beautiful throw right in stride. 30 yards for the touchdowns. Here we go. Wide open. Finding the man. About 30 yards. Another one. This one's big. Is this one big? All right. Uh, decently big. Throwing at 35 to the 15. All right. 15 plus 35. Another 50-yard throw. Got a nice cannon of 50 yards. I think I want to move off this highlight uh, career highlight package because we're just getting big throws, which are good. I want to see you have the cannon, but I need to see you make those big tight throws. Where are these ones? Tight-ass window, small-ass window to get it into. Big bombs are great. But once again, here we go. Right on stride, a little bit of a wheel route here. Threw it perfectly, threw it perfectly. That's a throw right there. That's what I want to see. Bingo, bingo. Running back on the wheel route. Yes, yes. Here we go, rushing the ball. Oh, I think we made a major mistake. The man's trying to be a dual threat running back. We didn't look at any of his rushing numbers. Let's quickly go back to his rushing numbers here. Is this man a true dual threat quarterback? Wow, well, okay. All right, let's correct something here, folks. He did not become a dual-threat quarterback until this season. Final year. The man ran for 828 yards. Holy cow, 11 touchdowns on top of that. So his 2021 season is a little bit better overall than we thought. His overall passing numbers went down, but his production overall still increased by still giving us 11 rushing touchdowns and 800 rushing yards. Solid here. But once again, he's only 6'1". So... Yeah, especially in today's NFL where everybody's got edge rushers on edge rushers on edge rushers on edge rushers. Look at the Chargers, folks. They just picked up Khalil Mack. It's over for you. If you're facing the Chargers, good luck, quarterbacks. You got two edge rushers coming at you. 
Here we go, in the red zone here, avoiding the sack, rolling out to the left, tucking it, running it, taking a hit, staying on his feet. Wants to go down, but this man's speed is nothing good. He's not embracing the hits. He's not dishing out the hits. Easing up when he knows he's going to get hit, and that's going to get him smacked in the NFL. Here we go, in the red zone. From the five-yard line, quick throw, one-on-one -on -one coverage, not the best ball placement here. It's good, he's giving his receiver a chance, but ball placement, he threw that one way too much inside where actually the defender was. The receiver made a way better catch. Unfortunate. I don't know here, folks. I don't know here. Sam Howell going deep again. Real good throw. Man, oh man, threw this one from the 40, got it all the way down to the 5, his own 40. All right, the man's got a nice arm. 50, 55, which is exactly what you want in the NFL, absolutely. Here we go, Sam Howell, running again, going right up the middle. Speed, rolling out to the left. Yeah, the man's got no speed. This this is not going to work. This Okay, Sam Howell's not a dual-threat quarterback, folks. Yes, in college, but once again, the speed does not translate from college to the NFL. Tua looks pretty fast in college. He is not fast at all, at all. I, I hate Tua running, folks. The man is not a dual-threat quarterback at all. Sam Howell, not a dual-threat dual quarterback. Here we go, final minute on the clock. Let's skip around here. What else do you got? Sam Howell, final minute. Show me something. You gotta, you gotta show me something here because it's not looking great for you. Here we go, another deep bomb. Okay, we've got the bomb. I'm done with the bomb. It's college. You're not throwing these bombs all these times in the NFL. I need to see better, more precise precision passes. Once again, over the middle of the field, decently big, 35 yards. Got a touchdown. Well done, but overall more tighter. More tighter. This is the one I want to see in the red zone. Threw it over two defensive linebackers. Threw this one right over the corner as well. That's a throw. There we go. Now we're talking. Six seconds left. Final throw. What do you got? Howell. Big bomb. All right. And that is our 10 minutes ending on the big bomb. So, Sam Howell, folks. Sam Howell. Let's get on our these thoughts real quick. Here we go. Sam Howell. Great year one. Great freshman year. Got worse? Can we say that? Can we got got a, got a little worse each year? Not a dual threat. I would not kind of draft this man assuming I'm getting a dual threat quarterback. Not dual threat. Not dual threat even though the man ran one year. <laughs> okay, do not get caught up in those numbers. That's not good numbers. So... Sam Howell not moving the needle on us. Now, do we take Sam Howell or Davis Mil or Malik Willis? I don't take either of them. <laughs> I don't take either of them. Next up, who's up next? Here we go. Next quarterback, welcome to hell. <laughs> welcome to hell. Here we go. Next quarterback up, we are going Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, your 10-minute start now. Impress me. Impress me. Here we go, Desmond Ritter. Let's get your stats up here and start there. Desmond Ritter, career stats. He's a little bit taller than... um. 
these first two quarterbacks, folks, which is great. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Oh, I think we've got some discrepancies in height. PFF lists him at 6'3", but Sports Reference lists him at 6'4". And I bring this up because this is kind of you know, the tipping point. We're going kind of 6'3 and shorter, not great. 6'4 and above is really the sweet spot. Yes, we could still count 6'3 as pretty tall, good, but that's kind of where the bar is is going to be determined to be separated. Do we go 6-3 and above or 6-4 and above? Once again, that's coming a little bit later in this offseason. But here we go. Desmond Ritter will count him at 6-4. I'm giving this man the benefit of the doubt. 6-4 tall quarterback. This is who I think I want, folks. But let's make sure in these stats. Here we go. Desmond Ritter, four years in Cincinnati. Got to a bowl game every single one. Desmond Ritter, you're, this could be good. This could be big time, folks. We may get big time right here if the numbers are good. Here we go. Desmond Ritter, freshman year. Year one, 62% completion percentage. 2,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. I will honestly take that all day. Freshman year, year one, it's nothing great. Everything is lackluster. Um, every single category is lackluster, but it's year one. Fine, fine, fine. Let's see what he did. Bowl game year one. Here we go. Desmond Ritter, what do you got? Got to win. Only threw the ball seven times for 57% completion percentage. 86 yards, one touchdown, no pick, and that's for a win. So maybe he got injured. Let me see. Desmond injured. Desmond Ritter, he's coming off some injury. Here we go. Desmond Ritter injury history. What do you got for us here? Got to go quick, 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 quick. Ritter escaped college without any serious injuries. Bingo. He did deal with the sprained shoulder in 2019 and missed one game. So, okay. Why he only threw the ball seven times that game? Maybe he was uh, fine. So, no worries there, honestly. We are not worried about this man's health. Got the win. Only throwing the ball seven times. Freshman year. And that's fine. Freshman year. Bowl game win. Fine, fine. Freshman year. Let's build on that. And this is what potentially may hold him back. Is he getting better every single year? Here we go. Second year. Sophomore year. Ooh, whoa. What the hell is this? 55? I cannot accept that. Cannot expect, accept 55. 55% completion percentage, 2,100 yards, 18 touchdowns. Oh, Desmond, Desmond, what the hell is going on here? What the hell is going on here in 2019? Uh, stats are awful. He did win the bowl game, but only throwing 58% completion percentage, 95 yards, one touchdown, no pick. Why is this man not doing anything in the bowl game? Why are they, like, actively trying to keep the ball out of this man's hands in the bowl games? This is concerning now. Oh, boy, he has the height. But once again, not, you got to take everything with everything, folks. It's not just who's tall, who's got good completion percentage for one year. We're taking the full body of work, folks. So, Desmond Ritter. Ooh, yikes. I'm not liking this dude at all. This is nothing good so far. 2020, is he winning in the back end of his college career? Here we go. Third year, junior year. There we go. 66% completion percentage. Still only 2,200 yards. That's not good. 19 touchdowns, six picks. Still a little not great there. We got to really see like 30 passing touchdowns. Is this man a dual threat quarterback? Is this why he's not? He, he's not really dual threat. He picks up solid yards. Here we go. Basically putting about 500 yards rushing every single year. The year that we're talking about, junior year, third year, 592 yards. But he did rush for 12 touchdowns that year. So, okay. Likes to use his legs here and there. Not really true dual threat, but we'll gauge his speed when we get to the film. All right. So, he has 19 passing touchdowns and 12 rushing touchdowns. So, solid production overall. We'll give him some more credit. Here we go. 2020 bowl game. He's 2-0 so far. Does he go 3-3? Three for three? He does not. Oof, his best performance. Damn, you lose your best performance game. 64% completion percentage against Georgia. 
And hey, I mean, you lose against Georgia in the bowl game. I mean, man, oh man, that's a, that's an okay loss. Georgia's a big program. 260 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Did you keep it close? Yeah, only lost by three. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You went nine and one. This was the Peach Bowl. This was Peach Bowl, folks. Was this a playoff game? Is Peach Bowl? I think Peach Bowl is a playing game or a playoff game. One second, folks. All right, Desmond Ritter, you get an extra 15 seconds from that call. But here we go, back on Desmond Ritter. Yeah, third year uh, Peach Bowl, only lose by three. That's fine, that's fine. Okay, what else do we got here? Final year, let's bring it home, Desmond Ritter. Here we go, F uh, senior year this season, 2021. 64% completion percentage, 3,300 yards, 30 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. All righty, it seemed to all come. Completion percentage is still a little bit light, a little bit light. I would really like to see 69, 68, 70, 71% completion percentage here. But overall, 3,300 yards, that's his highest season. 30 touchdowns, that's his highest season. Only 5 interceptions, that's his, uh, one of his lowest seasons. So, not bad there, not bad. Rushing yards, 355 with six more touchdowns to go along with that. Alrighty, and then bowl game, final bowl game, make it count, and he doesn't. But once again, having to face Alabama. Okay, so the bigger names, Georgia, Alabama, couldn't quite get it done. And we understand Cincinnati going to Alabama here through 53% completion percentage, 144 yards, no touchdown, no pick, and got absolutely blown out 27 to 6. So, Desmond Ritter can't beat the elite of the elite, which is okay. I'm not going to knock him too much on that. And he did get a little bit better every single year. So, okay. I think Desmond Ritter is a little bit in play of getting drafted, folks. I think we may draft Desmond Ritter. But we got to see the stats now. Or we got to see the highlights. So, here we go. Desmond Ritter highlights. What do you got, Desmond Ritter? The big, tall, 6'4 slinger. What do you got? Let's go to his 2021 highlights. This was his best season. What do you got for us? Here we go. Here we go. You got three minutes and 30 seconds. Show me what you got. And he's starting with the deep ball. Deep ball. Throwing it from his own 10-yard line. Getting it all the way down to the opponent's 40. Yeah, 50 yards, count at 55, round up, round down, I don't care, we're talking 50, yes sir. What else do you got, here we go in the red zone, just nice little floater, running back beats everybody in the corner, and that's a touchdown, but once again, nice job scoring in the red zone, we like that, we like that, great vision in the red zone, here we go from the 22 yard line, once again, a little bit of uh, letting everybody else do the work, he threw the ball three yards, Running back out of the backfield, takes it the rest of the 18 yards, needed for the score. Okay. All right. So this is some. This is where some of his touchdowns are coming from, just letting everybody else do the work. Still putting the ball in. A, you know, you still have to deliver the ball. We're not knocking it, but okay, we're getting some context here. Here we go. We get a deep ball, one-on-one -on -one all the way down the field, and this is an absolute bomb, and it's absolutely on the money. Ripping it from his own 29-yard line, getting it all the way down to the 30. Holy moly. Uh, we got uh, 50 yards there again so nice throw real accurate that's a nice accurate deep ball Oh, using his legs. Fourth and one. He's got some speed. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're talking speed. Now we're talking speed. This man's faster than Malik Willis, and this man is faster than Sam Howell. 
I'm, I don't care if the 40 times didn't show that. The on-field, the in-game action just showed me that. Um, definitely, definitely faster than Sam Howell. No question there. Here we go. Escaping all the pressure. Threw the ball a little bit light there. Why'd they show this highlight? <laughs> Why'd they show this highlight? Oh, they made, did they call that touchdown? I don't know what they call, but either way, a little bit of a lack, lackadaisical throw here. Even though he was wide open. Little lackadaisical. Didn't really love that. I think they still counted it a touchdown, though. Here we go. There it is. The pick and pop. Just fake it on the play action from the one-yard line. Pop it over the line for that wide-open tight end. Love it. Here we go. Ripping it. Ripping it. Ripping it. Put a little bit too much air for, uh, air under this ball. Got caught up a little bit at the end. Okay. Luckily, the receiver went up and got it. Here we go. Sam Ritter. Ripping it. This is a throw I love right here. This is a throw. Big time throw to squeeze it in between the corner and the safety. You got to get it in that tight spot. It's not the tightest spot here, but it's still that, hey, get it over the corner. Get it right before the safety. So real great throw right there to play that middle. Love it. Love it. Here we go in the red zone here. We got a one-on-one -on -one matchup. Safety winning way too deep. And there it is. Throwing up that one-on-one 50-50 ball. And he threw it beautifully. That's a beautiful ball. I'm coming around on Desmond Ritter, folks. Let's skip a little bit here. We got the final 30 seconds plus an extra 15 at the end of it. Here we go. Sam Ritter. Let's close it out, baby. Here we go. Just a little bit of a read option right there. Running back does the rest. Okay. So he's a smart quarterback. He's not always looking to do it himself. He'll take the open shots. And, hey, it is a fine line. And look at the speed. 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 They called touchdown. Is that an all-the-way touchdown? Or he step out? Where are they rocking it? Show me it. Ah, they go red zone. All right, final two plays. That's our 10 minutes, but we have to add the 50 seconds or 15 seconds. Here it is, bootleg in the red zone. That's play number one. Final play, Desmond Ritter. Bring it home. What do you got? What do you got? Here we go. Final play. Looking to the right, flips back to the left, finds the wide open receiver, and it goes for 30 plus. Initial first read not there. Flips back to the left, and there it is. Desmond Ritter, folks, I think is draftable. We finally got a draftable quarterback here, and his name is Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, yes, yes. That's all the note is, yes. He's got the big arm. He's got the big arm. He's got the speed. He's got the speed, folks. He's got some wins. Winning against Big teams. That's where he struggles a little bit. Winning against big teams. Better teams. So, he's going to have to go to a NFL team that's a little bit more polished. A little bit more established. I don't know if he's the one to kind of turn an entire organization around and win that Super Bowl. But, he's smart. Takes the checkdowns when he needs to. And hey, you know, I know it's never the pretty play, the checkdown, all that. But, they are necessary in the sports folks we see Tom Brady he's a little bit of a uh, I don't want to call him a check down king but he does take the check down that is a little bit of a knock on Tom Brady but you can't disagree with the results I'll check down fuck I'll check down I don't give a damn check down for seven rings yes yeah I, I yeah like as I'm signing my contract so you're telling me if I just check down and get seven rings yeah I'll do that <laughs> oh yeah that's fine and I'll be considered the greatest of all time Pfft, yes check down yes okay check down check down check down so Desmond Ritter Winning against best teams is his biggest downfall. Biggest downfall. 
but he's a smart quarterback. Smart quarterback, folks. Andy 6'4", Andy 6'4", Andy 6'4". Desmond Ritter, congrats. You're our guy. You're our guy. Now, we still have time in the show here. I think we can do one or two more, so let's look at another quarterback here. Who's the next quarterback up? The man that we've been trying to get to, Kenny Pickett. Let's go, baby. Your 10-minute star right now, Kenny Pickett. Next quarterback here in our 10-minute interviews. Here we go. Kenny Pickett, let's see what you got. Let's start with the stat. Also, let's see how tall this man is. Here we go, Kenny Pickett, 6'3", right on that border. Here we go, Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Five, how many years is this? Holy moly, two, four, five years at Pittsburgh. Okay, stayed an extra year. I don't know if that tells us anything good. But here we go, freshman year, rarely played, only threw the ball 66 times. We will not count that. A first official year starting sophomore year in 2018, gets to a bowl game, love that. Threw only 58% completion percentage, awful. 1,900 yards, awful. Six touchdowns, or six, yeah, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions, awful. That year is ab abusively awful, folks. I, oof, yikes. All right, Kenny Pickett, not the startest, strongest start here. Lost his bowl game as well. Um, Did he have two bowl games? What is this? What the hell is this? How you get two bowl games? Two neutral field games. What is this first one against Clemson? He lost both of them, so it's not good either way. Atlantic Coast Conference Championship. So he loses the conference championship throwing 20. <sighs> Jesus. Jeez, folks. Okay, I think we're done with Kenny Pickett already. 25% completion percentage in the conference championship game for eight yards. Eight yards, one pick. You th you had four completions. And you threw a pick. That is garbage. Yikes. Okay. And then he gets another bowl game. He gets a Sun Bowl. Conference championship loses. Shits to bed. Bowl game against Stanford. Absolutely gets. Is this Davis Mills? Did he go against Davis Mills in this game? Who was the quarterback for Stanford? No, no. Okay. All right. I thought it was. Oh, hang on. This is rushing. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes, it wasn't. Okay. But loses everything. Conference championship and bowl game in the same year. And in the bowl game, he threw 37% completion percentage for 136 yards. So, okay. Kenny Pickett, first full year, nothing good at all. But did you get better? Here we go. 2019 junior year. We get 61% completion percentage, 3,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Are you dual threat? Are you just running in all these touchdowns? No. You rarely run for 100 yards a year. So, why are you going back-to-back -back 12 and 13 touchdown years? What the hell is going on here? Not good so far. Not making a strong case. 2019 bowl game. Did you bring it all together? Well, at least he did that. Against Eastern Michigan. Gets the win through 69% completion percentage. 361 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. That's what I love to see. Yeah, putting it all together. Here, here we go. 2020, senior year number one. Only played nine games. Did he get injured? Did Kenny Pickett get injured at any time? Kenny Pickett. Injury history. He did play the following year, so he did come back. Has a relatively clean bill of health. Okay. He opted out of that bowl game. Okay. He opted out of the bowl game, just didn't want to push it here. Senior year, 2020, 61% completion percentage, 2,400 yards. Once again, only 13 touchdowns. What are we doing? 13 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. That touchdown to interception ratio is absolutely abysmal, folks. So nothing good, and then the final year. His final year, folks, final season year, final senior year, 
2021, 67% completion percentage, 4,300 yards, 42 touchdowns, 7 picks. It all came together his final year. All right, better late than never. Bowl game gets the win. Final year, 60% completion percentage, 253 yards, 2 touchdowns, no picks, and they absolutely blow him out by 24 points to win his final game of his collegiate career. Okay, Kenny Pickett, only really one good year. So stats overall, overall are trash, but that final year are very, very good. I besides the completion percentage, everything else was very, very good. Now let's go to his highlights, folks. Kenny Pickett. I only want to see 2021. I mean, that was his best year. I don't care about anything else. So Kenny Pickett, 2021. Let's show me what you got, Kenny. Here we go. First throw, rolling out to the left, dumping it down. Okay, hands. Okay, okay. Ball stuck to his hands a little bit. Seemed to not to be the most accurate coming out of his hands right there. A little wobbly, but okay. First play, no worries. Here we go. Go in deep on the next play. Go in deep. All right. Seemed to tail off a little bit here. Threw it from his own 15-yard line, getting it all the way down to the 35. So we got 15 to the 50. That's 35 plus another 15. All right. Is that 50? Is that 50? That didn't look like 50. I think that's 50, though. All right. A little 50-yarder. All right. 50-yarder. Back in the red zone here for the next throw. We got play action. Sets out the screen. And look at this. I love this ball right here. And y'all know I love these quarterbacks that can execute a perfect screen. And this is exactly what Kenny Pickett just did right here. Setup screen, wide receiver screen on the left side of the field from the red zone, folks. 13-yard line, wide receiver. He puts it, look at where he puts this ball, out in front. So it springboards the receiver forward. The receiver goes all the way into the end zone. Great throw. You must be absolutely 100% precise on these wide receiver screens. And he was right there. I love that. Here we go, back in the red zone. Here we go, rolling out to the right, buying time, launching it back inside. Here we go. This is what I want to see, threading the needle in the back of the end zone. I'm liking it so far, Kenny. Keep it up. Here we go. Next throw. Boom, boom. Found that soft seam between two defenders for a nice real gain. We got about, about 20 yards on that pickup. Here we go. Kenny Pickett again, launching this one. All right, felt some pressure. Just kind of threw this one up a little bit. I didn't like how he throws this ball. I hate when kind of quarterbacks do this. They like throw while kind of like um, they they throw while like wincing a little bit. Like they know the pressure's coming, so they like throw, but then like in like in the middle of the throw, they keep like bringing that shoulder, like turning that shoulder, so they don't get hit in the chest. Can you kind of picture what I'm trying to do here? I'm doing it on the stream, but you throw it like this, like ooh, like hey, I'm throwing it, I'm throwing it, ooh, I'm tucking it, but I'm still throwing it. I don't love that. That gets you in trouble in the NFL. Now, luckily, this receiver went up and got this 50-50 ball. Uh, so, I don't love that throw right there. But let's keep going. Here we go. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett QB sneaking? Is Kenny Pickett QB sneaking? Oh, Kenny Pickett is QB sneaking. On fourth and golden, they give it to him. Kept fighting, working, churning, grinding those legs to crack that end zone. And that's exactly what he did. 
All right, Kenny Pickett again here, just dumping it down. And once again, I've got no problem with you making the right decisions. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be a big bomb every single play. Here we go. Plenty of time to throw on this next one. And wow, wow, how the heck did he complete this one? It's a one-on-one -on -one coverage. Receiver slipping back to the ball, and he threw it real, real low, exactly where it had to be. The receiver was on the ground, and he's lucky because the ball was also on the ground where the receiver was. All right, Kenny again, standing tall in the pocket, rolling out to the right, feeling pressure, looking to throw. Once again, this man does not run. This is not a dual-threat quarterback at all. He does not want to run. He's not looking to run. He's always looking for the best throwing play. Here we go in the red zone. Kenny Pickett looking one way. Reed's not there. Flipping to the left. There. woo Yeah. Yeah. Like, this man is showing me some good things. He's looking real comfortable in the pocket, folks. I'm kind of liking his pocket awareness. Yeah, Kenny Pickett's got some pocket awareness on him. I'm loving it. Able to, able to navigate the pocket very cleanly. Taking the right read, the accuracy. It needs to be cleaned up. It definitely needs to be cleaned up a little bit more here. Yeah, it, it's got to be cleaned up. Here we go. Minute 30 on the clock. Let's clean it up, Kenny. Here we go. That's a wide open pass for the touchdown in the red zone. Launching it from the opponent's 40. He likes to be aggressive, man. He's challenging these one-on-one -on -one, uh, defenders. Man, oh, man. And I've got no problem. Y'all know we love challenging one-on-one -on -one matchups, but, I mean, we got to shore up the accuracy if we're truly going to do that. Here we go. A little play action. Decides to keep it for five yards to go into the end zone. So he'll use his leg, catches you by surprise. It's not his main function, second function, third function, okay? He'd rather QB sneak it. Here we go. Bingo, bango. Look at that one. Receiver running free. Defender play, uh, really beefed it there. But Kenny Pickett just sees it and lays it exactly where it needs to be. And that's in for the touchdown 36 yards. All right, here we go against Clemson. Rolling out to the right, throwing right, and launching that ball deep on third and seven for about 30 yards. Add another five, 35 yards in the back of the end zone. And that's a touchdown for Kenny Pickett. All righty, final 20, Kenny. What do you got? What do you got? Time is running out. Still some concerns. He's going to launch this one. Bingo, bango. That's wide open on fourth and five. Nine seconds. Let's get one more play in. Here we go. Final play, final play, final play. Kenny Pickett from his own 30-yard line, just dumping it down only five yards on third and seven. But, hey, that's a smart third and seven play. And that's what I don't like as well. That All right, that's the note I'm going to write. That's how I feel about it. Kenny Pickett, solid. He, he, he looks like an NFL quarterback. That's what I will say. His confidence, his standing tall in the pocket. Like, this man does look like 6'4". Like how we had Desmond Ritter, 6'3", 6'4", didn't really know. 6'4", is looking like Kenny Pickett, not 6'3". So, he stands tall in the pocket. Stands tall, confident, in pocket. I think he can maneuver it very, very well. Comfortable. Maneuverable. In the pocket. But his accuracy, folks, he errs on the side of, like, extreme bad. Like, you're supposed to err on the side of caution, extreme caution. This man errs on the side of disaster. So, his accuracy, instead of putting the ball out in front of the receivers, he usually underthrows the ball, so the balls are a little bit behind the receiver, and that's not what we need to see. If you're overthrowing receivers by putting it a little bit 
out in front, that's okay. We can work on that. But if you're throwing it behind, that's where you're going to get picked off. So Kenny Pickett, his accuracy errors on the side of behind, which is not where you want to have the ball. So for really that instance alone, I saw it a lot, folks, a lot in this highlight package. They were never out in front. They were always, like, right behind or a little bit on the shoulder, folks. So, like, the back shoulder. So, uh, when they're not supposed to be on the back shoulder, okay? Like, okay, you're supposed to throw back shoulder. That's, that's not a back shoulder throw, okay? Damn. So, yeah, uh, I think I'm going Desmond Ritter over Kenny Pickett. Let's go one more, one final Quarterback, who do we got? We're going Matt Carroll. Matt Carroll, final quarterback auditioning, final 10 minutes. Let's see. Can Matt Carroll knock off Desmond Ritter? Here we go. Your 10 minutes start now. Here we go. Matt Coral. Carroll. C-O-R-R-A-L. Matt Coral. We'll call him Matt Coral for now. Matt Coral, career stats. What do you got? We're starting here. Here we go, Matt Coral, 6-1, yikes, from Ole Miss. Here we go, four years at Ole Miss, but only got the two bowl games. Now, he did get to his two bowl games his final two years, so okay, not bad. Here we go, freshman year, only threw the ball 22 times, we don't care. First real year starting freshman year, second freshman year, okay, right-shirted. 2019, freshman year, 59% completion percentage, 1,300 yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions. That's a big old yikes. Okay, so really was a true freshman his first two years. Third year, 2020, sophomore. Whoa, now we're talking. Now we're flexing it. 71% completion percentage, 3,300 yards, 29 touchdowns, 14 picks. That's a lot of picks in college, honestly. Uh, 14 picks. I don't know if we could be doing all of that. That's two to one touchdown to interception ratio. That's light as well. Here we go. Let's also double check. Is this man a dual threat quarterback? Eh, he brought up the legs a little bit this year. 500 yards this season, four touchdowns. Okay, not bad. Not bad. All right, but he did get to a bowl game in 2020, so let's see how that one played out. He gets to win against Indiana. 68% completion percentage, 342 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, that's a bowl game. That's an absolute bowl game. So really great sophomore year, junior year, final year in 2021. 68% completion percentage, so it did drop a little bit, but it's still high. You know, 68, 71, I mean, that's what we're really talking about in college. So, yes, it dipped, but it's still overall very, very good. So, 68% completion percentage. Completion percentage this final year, 3,300 yards again, 20 passing touchdowns, only five interceptions, so he cleaned up the turnovers, love that, and rushing his final year, 614 yards, 11 more touchdowns, attack on to 20, so 31 touchdowns in totality with only five picks, now we're cooking, now we're cooking, see, we're seeing everybody get better as they progress, that's what we want to see. But let's see what this man did in his final bowl game. Ooh, gets the loss. Only threw three times. Did he get injured? Is this man coming off an injury? His final game, Matt Coral. Injury history. Let's see what this pulls up. Is this bad news bears for us? Coral suffered an ankle sprain against Baylor in this year's Sugar Bowl, exiting in the first quarter. Had another ankle injury early in the season against Alabama. Okay, so two ankle injuries this season. All right. All right. Not bad. Not bad. Just a little bit of an ankle injury, little ankle sprain. Didn't seem to be that 
tragic, that terrible. So unfortunately, uh, they lose that his last bowl game because he just didn't really play in it. How unfortunate. But overall, these stats may these may be the best stats that we've seen all day. So Matt Coral, you got the stats going, but are you looking better, better on the film than Desmond Ritter did? So far, we got Desmond Ritter one, Kenny Pickett. Two, let's see, does Matt Coral go number one? Does he go two, or is he the third? Let's see what we got here, Matt Coral. Let's go to uh, let's go to uh, this year's stats. Once again, I only really kind of care about this season. This was his best year, so 2021 highlights. Matt Coral, what do you got for us? Show me what you've got. Here we go, 6'2 quarterback. Once again, I wish he was just a little bit taller. I wish it was a little bit taller. I wish he was a baller. He's a baller. Here we go, first throw in. This is what we're talking about, just a nice little 10-yard pop. Fitting the ball exactly in that tight window and has his receiver off to the races for about 20 yards. Perfect. And he was backed up at his own like five yard line. So love that. Love that. Here we go. Keep going. And this is the uh, the first game of the year. Yeah. Against Louisville. Kickoff game. Boom. Ooh. What a. Ooh. ooh. Now we're cooking. See, and this is what we're talking about. Accuracy. This is what I want to see. The ball's out in front. Nobody wowed me at all with their accuracy at all. Now we're getting it. Accuracy is king, folks. Look at this. Oh, dude. I'm loving him. I'm loving this man already. Throwing the ball quick. As soon as he sees it, he lets it rip. And that ripped off for about 15. Can he get to the outside? We're talking 20. 25 yards there because he saw it so quick confident confident making that strike and you gotta love it and respect it i'm loving this man read option keeps it throws it slings it wide open on the money uh, okay i think we've got our winner we still got five minutes still got five minutes and this is our winner and look at this man running look at this man running quick cutting in and out athletic Okay, can change direction quick. Runs it in for about five yards. It's a read option right off the rip in the red zone, and he carries it in himself for the touchdown. Here we go. Look at that one. Held it as long as he could on the little bit of the read option. And look at him fire this ball in. Yo, I'm telling y'all. I'm really telling y'all. This is the dude. I've already got him. I draft him right now. I draft him right now. Matt Coral is the best quarterback in this draft class. Easy peasy. I'm loving this dude, folks. Let's keep it up. Let's keep it up. We might have to fast forward a little bit because this is still the Louisville game. And we've gotten, wow, wow, wow. Look at this beautiful throw on the left sideline. Wow, just got it over that defender, number one. The, the throw we're talking about over the corner before the safety in that tight window. And wow, wow, we is that a tight window right there. Folks, how is this man not the highest ranked quarterback? What are the flaws on our man, Matt Coral, folks? Please show me the one flaw because I don't think I can see it. And we are only two minutes into this highlight package. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This man is just jumping. He's popping off the screen. This is solid speed. It's not like dual threat, official dual threat quarterback speed. But this is like, hey, when I decide to take off and run with it, like this is going to do a little bit of damage to you. Wide open, pops it up, uh, running in the red zone, read option scheme. I mean, uh, screen, wide receiver scheme, screen scheme. This man is going to work. Folks, folks, let's get big on Matt Coral. 
Oh my god, direct snap from the six yard line and he stays on his feet up the middle for the tug? Folks, folks, I am loving this man. Nobody's made us gush and now he's got the deep ball. Now he's got the deep ball. Yeah, wide open, slings it. Not too deep, 30 to the 40, 30 to the 40, 30 to the 35, solid yards right there. But folks, have we used this? I mean, we have not been gushing. I, I think we've been gushing on this man the entire time. The entire time after we got first past those first two years where he really didn't play. Folks, we're gushing. No other quarterback made us gush like this. In the red zone again, direct quarterback snap, running up the middle, diving at the end zone. The man can work in the red zone very, very well. Dangerous. Dual threat in the red zone is where he will truly thrive. Here we go. Look at all this time to throw, and he's gearing up for the long. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Let's look at these yards. I think he's got the biggest arm. Oh, folks, what is going on? What is going on? You see what happens. We do no draft coverage, and y'all are gushing over Malik Willis's pro day. Y'all are still liking Kenny Pickett. This man was like six down, six down on the quarterback big board. For why? For why? Let's count the yards here. He's going to sling it from his own 35-yard line and get it all the way down to the five. 30. 5 to the 50, that's 15. 50 to the 5, that's 45. 45 plus 15, folks, do the math. 60, shave off a couple of yards. 57, 57 yards, the biggest arm that we've seen today. I'm calling it. I'm stopping the interview short. I'm stopping the interview short. I've seen enough. The remaining 119. What is wrong with him? What is wrong? What are they saying about him? I need to show the draft guide profile. Where are the lowlights? The uh, second round? Why? Why analysis? Please show me. Oh, all the analysis is locked. Okay. Trends. Average draft position. This is interesting. Started uh, 8 14. This is like the earliest date that they have. Talking about like 20th, mid 20. Popped. Popped a little bit after 9 25. Popped, popped, kept popping. Why did he drop, folks? This man worked his way into the top 10. Yeah, I see top 10. He ended up falling. He took a big crash, like 3 12. 312 of this year, eight uh, popped at 925 of last year, mid-season, fell off after the season. Why did he fall off after the season? They've got this man projected second round. This is absolutely absurd. Why Why did he drop? I got to figure this out, folks. We got to close it out here. Matt Coral, why drop in stock? What is, oh, off-field issues? Oh, no. Oh, no. He's got some off-field issues, folks. Is this correct? Little bad boy. Little bit of a bad boy off the field. One NFL quarterback, one NFL draft quarterback stock is reportedly on the decline due to issues beyond the football field. Old Miss quarterback Matt Coral was addressed by an anonymous offensive coordinator stating that he has concerns regarding the quarterback saying quote he's kind of a mess his offense was a true college offense he pushes the ball he plays reckless with his body I did not see that I did not see reckless I didn't think any of that was reckless folks I truly do not ca classify that as reckless at all 
He plays reckless with his body. He won't hold up playing the way he did in college. I didn't think it was that bad, folks. He was only really running in the red zone. Uh, okay. And there are character concerns. I'm not sure you want him leading your program. His sort of issues aren't the kind that's solved by giving a kid millions of dollars. So, however, one NFL quarterback coach talked about the Ole Miss quarterback and compared his release of the football to Jimmy G. And we like Jimmy G. He says, quote, as a player, just where the ball goes, I'm a big fan. He was 212 pounds at the combine. I doubt he plays at that weight, but he's got a super quick release. Yes, he does. He truly does. And it's like Jimmy Garoppolo's. It can almost be too fast at times. Interesting. He's got a strong arm. We love that. We saw that. His arm, his arm might be a tad overhyped. Really, really. If his is overhyped, everybody else is over, over, supremely overhyped. His arm might be a tad overhyped just because he makes more tight window throws. Yeah. So he has a, he has to display it more. And he's very tough. They use him as a runner and his interview was solid. Yeah. So what is that first scout talking about? And he's very tough. They used him as a runner, and his interview was solid. Yeah, they used him as he's a tough guy. So, yeah, this guy's just BSing. Maybe he's just throwing this out there so nobody grabs him. But, folks, this is the best quarterback in the draft. Off-field rumors are right. Who cares? You know, uh, you still get drafted. I mean, we, we see it happen. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Like, honestly, we all know the one I'm talking about, yes? So, hopefully the off-field stuff is good. Uh, the the off-stuff is fine and can be managed, but... Going purely off of talent, this is the best quarterback in the draft. So, let's rank it, folks. Here we go. Our final rankings heading into tonight's draft. Matt Coral is number one, hands down. It's not even a, um, it's not even a debate, folks. Honestly, it's not even a debate. Matt Coral is number one. Then we've got a big gap, big gap, and then we got Desmond Ritter. I'm going Desmond Ritter number two. Um, and then we got Kenny Pickett at number three. If he can clean up that accuracy, now we're talking. Um, but, and then the other ones, I don't care about Malik Willis and I don't care. Who who else did we watch? Um, Sam Howell. Yeah. Get Sam Howell out of here. Don't even draft him. Uh, Matt Coral though, folks, I'm gushing. I've officially gushed today. I've gushed today, folks. (laughs) So loving Matt Coral, folks. So we will have that. I'll, I'll write a, this up on a Google Doc uh, so just so we have this officially on the record so we can point to it and be like, hey, we called it. Uh, but Matt Coral, hands down the best quarterback talent in this year's draft class. Love it. Uh, great speed, tough guy, um, great accuracy, and tight window throws. And he sees it, he sees it, he sees it. And as soon as he sees it, he lets it fly, and I love it about it. Sam, uh, Matt Coral, folks, love everything about it. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back live uh, tomorrow. Once again, a little wonky here. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, we, we we may be live tomorrow a little bit later in the day. It will not be at noon. If we do go live, it will be early in the morning or it will be a little bit later at night. So once again, hang tight with us, folks. We have an opportunity. We took the opportunity, and it's going to take up a little time, little time, little time. Hopefully not all of our time, Uh, but we'll have more information on that a little bit later for y'all. But we're going to get out of here for today. Have an absolute great one, folks. Watch the draft. Hopefully your team drafts that guy, that dude. Hopefully your team gets the guy that is going to help your team win the Super Bowl this season. I'm rooting for y'all. I'm rooting for y'all tonight, folks. It's the day of dreams. It's the night of dreams, folks. Let's dream tonight, yes? Matt Coral, I'm dreaming about that, man. Yes, yes, sir. So, Matt Coral, go out and draft that. Somebody draft him, please. 
All right, folks, we're out of here. Loving everything about Matt Coral. Hopefully he is the only quarterback taken in this year's draft class because he really should be the only quarterback taken. Um, so, all righty, folks, we are out of here. Have an absolute great one, and we'll see you tomorrow, hopefully.